Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the 2022 early signing period in football and about Syracuse basketball's loss to Pitt. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is Syracuse tight end David Clement. David, thanks so much for coming on the program today. How are you? I'm good. Uh, how are you? David, doing really well. We'll get you started on this one. On Wednesday, you signed your national letter of intent to play at Syracuse. How does it feel to be officially signed with the Orange? Feels great. I've been committed since uh, March, so finally glad it became official. Can't wait to get up there. I mean, I want to do everything I can to just keep this program winning. David, you're from the Albany area. How important was it for you to play near home? Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, my family was happy that I decided to go to Syracuse because, you know, they can get to every game. I can come home if I ever have to. And just knowing that somebody will always be around that I know, it's just really helped me with my decision going there. I know that Robert Anai left for NC State, but Jason Beck is now the new offensive coordinator. What do you think about him? I like him. I mean, talked to him a few times. Uh, I've talked to him on the phone. Now and just glad that I get to build a relationship with them. Between high school athletes and college transfers, Syracuse is adding around 20 new players to the team. Have you gotten to know any of the other signees well? I mean, we all have a we have a little group chat that we talk in once in a while. You know, talk to each other. You know, congratulate each other, wish each other happy birthday. You know, so I feel like we're all all already starting to connect, and that's always good. For Syracuse fans who haven't seen you yet, describe the kind of tight end you are. Um, so I like to think of myself as a well-rounded tight end, can block, can catch, go catch over somebody, catching traffic, you know, will block someone till, till they hit the turf. So I like to think of myself as well-rounded. David, Aronde Gaddiston had a great season for the Orange and was first-team All-ACC as a tight end. What did you think when you were seeing all the things he did in the Syracuse offense? I'm glad to see it. I think that I can see myself succeeding at a high level as he did, and I'm glad to see that he had such a successful season. And David, we'll get you out of here on this one. What's the thing you're most looking forward to in a Syracuse uniform? Playing in front of the crowd just gets really loud. I mean some points you can't even talk to the person next to you because it's just deafening. And I know a lot of people I know will can 
there because of where I'm from. So just playing in front of them. David, thank you so much for coming on the program again. 2023 Syracuse tight end David Clement. David, congratulations again on signing with Syracuse. We're looking forward to seeing you in an orange uniform this fall. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to great things from David in a Syracuse uniform. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse was down as many as 20 points in the second half, but rallied all the way back to one point with 17 seconds left on Tuesday night against Pitt. They couldn't finish the comeback in an 84-82 loss. What were your takeaways from the game? My first takeaway, Wes, is a question. I can't figure this team out, can you? (laughs) It's it's an enigma uh, so far this season because just when you thought things were starting to get a little bit more cohesive with a five-game winning streak, The first half performance against Pittsburgh was a regression. And give some credit to Pitt. This is a team that went out and took advantage of the transfer portal. They got experienced veteran players uh, on the roster. They're well coached. Having an assistant like Tim O'Toole, who spent two different stints on Jim Boeheim's staff, certainly helps an opposing team attack a Syracuse uh, basketball team on, on the court offensively and defensively. And Pitt kind of showed uh, the blueprint, if you will, for attacking the zone defense. Uh, 20 assists on 28 made baskets. They're passing the ball around the Syracuse zone. Uh, They're forcing uh, Jesse Edwards to find traffic underneath uh, with a couple of players guarding him in the paint on the Syracuse offense. And they're right in the face of Joe Girard. They're trying to take away uh, the first two offensive options for the Orange So that means, of course, somebody else has to step up. And when you have so many freshmen playing who are learning as the season goes, you're going to have games like this when they make a lot of mistakes, uh, you know, a half to two-thirds of a game. And then, you know, credit to the team for rallying and forcing a lot of Pittsburgh turnovers in the second half to get back in it. But again, on the final two sequences, when Syracuse had a chance to tie, go ahead, even win the ball game, just could not execute properly on two different offensive sequences under the direction of Judah Mintz. So there's still the learning curve, and and it's going to continue into ACC conference play, and that's kind of the biggest takeaway I take, that this team is going to be developing, and now the question is, Wes, just how many games is it going to take before you finally can see consistency uh, on both ends of the court? Brad, Syracuse is now officially in the ACC part of its schedule. They're 1-1 one one with a win over Notre Dame earlier in the year. What is the state of the Orange as they turn the calendar into 2023? Briefly, I would say in flux and, and getting into a little bit more detail now on the personnel. Well, Jim Beheim has never and rarely been known to change his starting lineup during the course of the season. Certainly if there are injuries or other extre- uh, you know, extreme circumstances, it's happened but he's pretty much set in his way. The starting five at the beginning of the season is usually the starting five throughout the season. The big question now, is that going to change? Because Beheim has spent the last couple of games in his post-game press conferences bemoaning the lack of production from the forwards, Benny Williams and Chris Bell. Uh, but is he now going to do something about that? Is he going to do something as drastic as making a change in the lineup? Will he want these players to kind of get a feel for the game, watching it from the outset on the bench before going in to make a contribution? That remains to be seen. 
And the other uh, element about this is there's really been no rhyme or reason to the substitution patterns during these first uh, 13 games. Uh, we've seen some of the freshmen sit the bench. We've seen the freshmen come in. We've seen different freshmen get more playing time. We've seen different freshmen get less playing time. It's really confusing. And it also shows that, you know, Beheim and the staff really has not settled down on a rotation that, again, using this word consistency uh, to see, you know, who's going to be the sixth man, seventh man, eighth man. Everything is uh, by the circumstance of the game that's being played, you know, at that game. And that's really interesting to me because, you know, you're really relying on a lot of first-year players. And that's really hard in college basketball today because so many teams do manipulate and use the transfer portal to their advantage. Syracuse had great success with it last year, so to speak, with Cole Swider and Jimmy Beheim making contributions, veteran players who had played a couple of years in college. When you rely on first-year players, you're hearing the comments that Beheim is making post-game. They're young. They're inexperienced. Maybe they're not ready yet. Well, when you have that many freshmen, six in this case, plus a transfer, uh, you don't have a lot of time now as the season progresses into the start of conference play to have the luxury of, you know, experimenting and trying different things as you do in the non-conference portion of the schedule. So that's going to be interesting to see just how the rotation plays out here and if Bayheim indeed is going to make some sort of change to his starting lineup. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Well, happy holidays to everybody. And with Christmas Day coming up uh, on Sunday, guess what Jim Beheim and Dino Babers will be doing? Working. Beheim is sending the team home uh, for their Christmas break here at the end of this current week, but they have to be back on campus Sunday for practice. And he uh, talked about after the uh, Pittsburgh defeat, he wants six full practices before the next game against Boston College on New Year's Eve afternoon. So with no school in session, it's going to be a big week of practice for the team as they uh, look to work on some of the aspects of the game that have really displeased the coaching staff before they have uh, the, the third conference game coming up on December 31st. For the football team, likewise, the staff will be able to have time to spend with family on Saturday, Christmas Eve, but on Sunday right back to work getting for the bowl game, and then the team will travel to New York on Monday and have a couple of days before the pinstripe bowl game on Thursday, the 29th, against Minnesota. So that's why they get to pay the big bucks, Wes, because they have to work all throughout the calendar year, holiday or not. Brad, my closing thoughts are on 2023 quarterback Lenore Sellers. Sellers has been committed to the Orange since June, but didn't sign on Wednesday, and we're having a signing ceremony this Friday where many prognosticators are predicting he'll flip to South Carolina. Sellers is a South Carolina native, and staying home does make sense, but if this does happen, it's a tough blow to Syracuse, and especially offensive coordinator Jason Beck, who recruited Sellers when he was the quarterback's coach at Virginia and has had a multi-year relationship with Sellers. We'll see how this all plays out, but as of right now, it's not looking great for the Orange. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that when I'm buying car insurance, I ask myself, which company has the most annoying and relentless commercials? You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network.